0: Welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. This is number one hundred, I believe, Charlie. This is podcast one hundred. We've got
1: um, some um, some amazing guests lined up for this podcast.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Lots of great guests. Uh, it's you and I, right? Yeah, it's
1: just me and you. Yeah,
0: you and I uh-huh. talking about uh, talking about the past season and and what to expect maybe for next year with the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, this past season. I got to admit, I, it, it it started off. There was COVID restrictions, and and you know, for example, people may not realize this, but uh, other than Charlie basically and Jamie Evers in the front office, nobody was allowed to go near the locker room, talk to the players. I mean, there were there were strict restrictions still due to COVID nineteen, and it just it started off weird. There were a lot of new faces because they weren't here last year. Um, they may have been in the organization, but we never met Cole Smith before this season. We never, you know, guys like that. Um, So for them to come back here uh, in Milwaukee and then not get the chance to really talk to them and meet with them. And then to have the team go five, 12 and one in the first two months of the season, it was uh, as exciting as it was to have hockey back in Milwaukee, Charlie, it was, it was depressing soon thereafter because, I tell, I've told people so many times, my favorite part of this job is talking to people and meeting yeah. the new people in this position. You didn't get to do that, plus the team wasn't winning. And there was a lot of stress out there.
1: Oh, yeah, tons of stress. And you hit that on the head. It was, it was sort of depressing um, for us to, to not be good. And we didn't know anybody, to your point. These guys weren't around. So even when I would walk through the locker room, like, I felt like uh, a stranger in a strange land, whereas yeah. usually in the locker room, it's like, hey, guys are talking to you. The only guy I really had any conversation with was uh, Josh Healy. And that's because he never, Heels doesn't stop talking. That's all he does. Um, but it was like, and, and, and it was so, like, everyone wants to follow the rules, obviously. No one wants to be the reason someone gets sick. Right. So, like, everything I did when we went in, when I went in there, it was strictly transactional. There was no, like you, to your point, it's great getting to know these guys, to hear their stories, to try and tell their stories. But if I went in there, first of all, I wasn't going in there to ask someone to do a community event because we didn't right. have community events. That was a challenge. Um, and so I, I there wasn't the need to go in there. And if I did go in there, it was like, okay, sign this autograph, see you later. And it, it was hard. It was a challenge. And when your team isn't very, doing very well, uh, you know, we were it was roundabout Thanksgiving time and we we're probably getting together as a family. And we're just talking about like, Hey, you know how, how the Admiral's doing or whatever. And I think I probably said something to the effect of, well, if we need to have that vacation in May, we could probably do it this year because like we're, we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Uh, but we turned it around and gosh, car, credit to Carl Taylor and Scott Ford and Greg Rollo and the whole team for not like, just not giving up how as stupid as that sounds. Yeah. Would have been really easy, real easy. But then we went to Cleveland or Cleveland that first weekend of December and we won a couple games. It was like, okay, maybe we're, maybe we can, we're okay here. Maybe we can yeah. do this. Yeah. Um And next thing you know, geez, we're rolling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, you started to find the, the old adage is it takes 20 games to figure out what you have. Yeah. And you're 512 and 1 and players are moving back and forth and and much of that time Connor Ingram was in Nashville, you may remember. Right. Um and so you got a lot of new faces and I think as much as they want to say it it did not hurt so much to not have hockey here in Milwaukee last season. I think it did. And I think Carl Taylor alluded to this. He said I don't it was something along the lines of just getting to know their teammates better and getting to know because they, they weren't really allowed to. Yes, they had to stay with each other on the road, but it, w- it was a little different at home. They didn't really know the city. They didn't know a lot of the things. So to get comfortable in a situation where life situations made it hard to get comfortable, it was it was a hard thing to do. Uh, but then players started to change a little bit. Nashville obviously had issues with COVID and injuries and all. So players were coming and going. Tommy Novak was up after we played our first game. Novak had three assists and then he was gone for the gone. next yeah. three months. Um, so it, it was, it was, it was a little different. Um, you know, Cole Smith, Cody glass, Connor Ingram, these guys went back and forth. Matt Tennyson, these guys went back and forth frequently to Nashville and, COVID hit Milwaukee. You remember out in, in Colorado, the Admirals played 10 defensemen in a game uh, because, you you know, think about, think about this as, as, uh, while other teams were canceling games or postponing games, the Admirals didn't, they fought through with 10 defensemen. They had six healthy forwards, but they went through with the games because what are you going to do? And And uh, it, it, to their credit, and, and thank goodness, there was a time where I'm like, boy, let's just call it a let's, you know, we, there's no way we're going to do well tonight. Let's just call this off. And thank goodness, because I would have hated to play six games and seven nights to close out that last week of, yes. of, of April
1: right. um,
0: and, and get everything figured out. When, uh, when you,
1: we would look, sorry to interrupt, but you'd look at the schedule like in April, and we're, we've got the most games played by far. And yeah. I would think to myself, how is Rockford playing these games? They've got thirteen games to go. There's only you know twenty-one days in the yes, season. Yes,
0: exactly. How are they going to do this? So They're playing Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Monday. They're yeah, playing
1: four, four and fives. That's not allowed. That's yeah. not allowed. Split,
0: split double headers. Yeah. playing at <laughs> playing at noon and seven.
1: <laughs> right, just like uh, a new just like a rain round out double game.
0: header. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that that happened, and then and, and like you said, I actually I. Actually, it was it was right about Thanksgiving, like you said, and I we were gonna go visit my father-in-law in Kansas and thank good, you know, I love him dearly and I, I wish I could have gone, but at the same time, we were in the playoffs right. and and I wouldn't wouldn't have thought that would have happened. No. Um, so I missed the trip, which you know, again, that's fine. Um, so after after that, the admirals go after that first couple months, the admirals go 34, 16, and eight. Um, they get Big-time performances. Cody Glass has 62 points for the Admirals. Matt Donovan's the first 40-point defenseman the Admirals had since Taylor Aronson wow. and the second one since Roman Yossi. Uh, Cole Schneider hits 30 goals for the first time in his illustrious career. Right. Uh, he climbs up in the games played list and the scoring list and all of this. He's top 100 in all the major categories now in the America, in the history it's, it's of the American history. Hockey League.
1: Isn't that crazy to think of? Thirteen
0: thousand players in this league, and he's in the top one hundred all time. Um, he's gonna
1: have he's gonna have five hundred points next year. He's at yes, four ninety nine. First now. point.
0: Yep, his first point will be his five hundredth career in the American Hockey League. Um, Cole Smith, basically a rookie, scores twenty goals uh, this and, has, and twenty assists and twenty assists. Um, he, the guy, uh, Cody Graham, had, Gra- Graham not Graham not remakes his career. Right. Graham Knott was a second round pick and, and all the skill in the world and it didn't work out for him for whatever reason in Chicago. So now he's a free agent. Well, he happens to be an AHL, technically an AHL free agent at a time where the league is shut down. So now he has to yeah. go to the ECHL to make some money and, uh, and show his wares. And uh, he played for three different teams in not quite a year and a half in the ECHL and Scott Nickel takes a flyer on him. He comes up and he's magnificent, plays in all roles, has a career year. Tommy Apap was a guy that Scott Ford had some intelligence on because he knows some people from Michigan State. And Tommy Apap's not a big scorer, wasn't a big scorer, but he was a guy who could fill a lot of roles and, and yeah, win some face-offs and things like that. Tommy Apap provided major, major minutes for this team around Christmas time. Um, they, they started to find players. They had Cole Sherwood at a time where the Admirals needed some, some needed players. Someone. Uh, and he joins the team in, of all places, Cleveland, where he, uh, he grew up at the beginning Blaise. of his career. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it, the acquisitions throughout the season, um, late in the season, Braden Burke, uh, Alex Biega, um, guys like that, that came in towards the end. I mean, provided major, major help for this team. Uh, look what Braden Burke did in the postseason. Yeah. Um, it, it just major, major help for this team. And uh so as the season wore on and you started to figure out, you start, it, we got past that 20-game mark and figured out what you have and what you need, um, Jimmy Huntington, um, oh, yeah. phenomenal acquisition. And, and it, to Anthony Richard's credit, too, he got a fresh set of eyes and, and got a new life in Syracuse uh, with that organization. But wow. Jimmy Huntington, that was a major pickup. Plus, throw in, throw in the fact that Huntington – He's a he's a restricted free agent. We're going to get into that in a second, but he has fewer games too, so he's not going to reach veteran status. So that's right. that's a roster exactly. spot you can have in the American Hockey League. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Uh, right. he it's played right. center and wing equally well, and and scored huge goals for the like. It seemed like every goal Jimmy Huntington scored was was a big one, one. big big goal. Yeah.
1: And and he celebrated it like it was a big goal, and that's not yeah. a knock.
0: No, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. He, 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 uh, big grin, right? Yeah. Big grin. Love it. Love it.
1: He's he like, that's what we, we don't want these guys to be robots. No. And, uh, uh, and certainly Jimmy Huntington is not, uh, not a robot. Like he, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, so to speak.
0: Connie Novak had a, had a good season after, uh, he spent his first 27 games uh, played his first 27 games in the national hockey league comes back and has a good season. Um, the blue line, we mentioned uh, Donovan with 40 points, Uh, Jeremy Davies uh, with 31 points in 50 some games, you know, so clearly he would have been a 40 point guy had he played all season here, but he went back and forth a little bit to Nashville, uh, Matt Tennyson, solid veteran did whatever it took, uh, to, to get the job done. Dylan blue, just, um, in the playoffs, uh, he had eight or nine block shots in the win against Chicago, uh, in game three of that, of that series, um, Mark Delgaiso, you could make a case that from the beginning of the season until right about when the playoffs started, he may have been the most consistent defenseman that the That's Admirals had I all had. season long as a rookie. Right. Uh, so there was a, a lot of positives. Adam Willsby comes in at the end. Uh, a surprise to him. He finds out literally 10 minutes before a hockey game that he's going to make his North American out. debut uh, in, in that Chicago series because of an injury to Josh Healy. And all he does is go out and play very well. Um, so there were so many positives this season, uh, as the season wore on, and then you started to get, the team started winning and the COVID restrictions started to relax. And then it got really fun again. Then it got really fun. So right around all-star break, right around the beginning of February, then this, the whole thing, I think for everyone became more enjoyable. Yeah, no question. It was, I remember
1: The day that actually that the mask mandate was lifted in the city of Milwaukee, uh that I went in the locker room and like for the first time we were talking to people. Yeah. Like I sat and had a conversation with someone. And like I was so happy. And I can't like it was so weird that I and that I I didn't realize, you know, sometimes you don't realize what what what's wrong until it's until you fixed the problem. And that was the fix for me. Like I came back and I told I told we mentioned Jamie before I told her I was like I haven't been this happy all season and this was one single day.
0: Yeah, yeah only yeah.
1: because I went in there and I got to know a couple of guys. Yep. Here's what's going on. We, you know, tell some stupid story. Yep. Um and it was just like a weight was lifted from our shoulders.
0: Yeah. Uh yep, it, I agree.
1: And certainly winning helps. Right? Yes. Uh yep. winning helps. I can't imagine what it was like in San Jose for the Barracuda. Who lost their final 13 games. And I didn't realize this until a few days ago that Anthony Batetto, yeah, Admiral's uh, former Admiral's defenseman, great guy, hilarious. Love to have him on this podcast. Uh he got traded to them at right when they started. Yeah. yeah. He played he played 13 games for them, I believe. Maybe it was 12, and they, they lost them all. Like I they can't imagine win. going through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that because I was, I looked that up right before we started taping this, that I was yeah. going, I was going through a list and yeah, I was, I was shocked. Um, so all of this goes on, the admirals get into, they, they'd they been jockeying for position for so long for the playoffs. They finally get into a situation where they, they get that win against Rockford in the second to last, uh, excuse me, against uh, Chicago. Yeah. uh in the second to last game of the year and that kind of put him over the top
1: right in chicago we were we, well we no were that solid. was
0: it was at home uh it, it was it wasn't you know it was down there it was that yeah, three one game in, in chicago three one game, game. roughly we down
1: right we were down one nothing yeah and uh scored the last three goals and really dominated
0: yeah yeah the yeah last, and then,
1: after we scored that first goal i think it was uh that might have been Braden Burke's first goal. I can't remember. I should be looking this stuff up before I come on. It was his
0: only regular season goal. Only
1: regular season goal for us. Yeah. Um. And from there on, we really dominated that game. And then we the win in Rock against Rockford to clinch third place. To
0: officially do it in the last regular season game, yeah. to officially do it, uh, and the way Devin Cooley played in that game. Because yeah. um, we knew Connor Ingram um, was – We we knew that that was about the time that he was called up and we knew he was going to be gone. So now you have Devin Cooley to play the playoffs. Right. So I remember people saying, can Devin Cooley handle the job? And I'm like, well, he has to. (laughs) He better. he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, this is going to happen. If he wants to be a
1: professional goalie, he's got to do it.
0: His growth over the season was so great to watch. Here's a guy that for a good chunk of the season played one out of every six or seven games for a good chunk of the season. And then he started to get a little more active later in the year, from March to the end of the year. He started to pick it up a little bit, maybe every third game or so, um, okay. to get his appearances up. And he was on in relief a couple of times prior to that, but but really was able to to start to get a rhythm. Um, really not till about March. And uh, boy oh boy, I mean, look at the, those appearances in the postseason. It, every every win he had. Was forty some saves? Forty saves, yeah. Um, it it was remarkable to watch. Remarkable to watch and, and watch the guys around him rally around him. And I mean, you think about it, it, it Manitoba. Those games were not blowouts per, necessarily. There was, a, a, you know, they scored a couple of goals up in their building, um, but they weren't. They weren't the blowouts that with those shots, those shot totals. You figure, oh my gosh, they're just going to whip them. That wasn't nice. the case. No, that wasn't
1: no, and the case. we talked, we talked, we, we talk, I think we even talked about that beforehand, like the, and saying the admirals are going to get outshot here. So yep. it's like, yep. don't be alarmed by it because their shots aren't, uh, aren't all high quality. And that's, that's just the way they play. That's probably, right. I, I didn't see them play against anybody else, but I assuming that's how, that's what they wanted to do. Get shots on net, get, and then get, get the rebounds. rebounds. Yep. 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 And that's how, that's where they get their high, high danger scoring chances. Um, so And does it feel like they're controlling the play a little bit? Yeah. Um, But, you know, like that game five against Manitoba, boy, did the Admirals play well. Yeah. Uh, And I don't mean to jump ahead too far.
0: No, no, but that's that's where I wanted to go because the Admirals take the first two at home and I'm sure Winnipeg, Manitoba is just pounding its head against the wall, wondering what they have to do to get a win with, you know, 90 shots in two games. In two games.
1: But I never really thought to the point, like, I never thought, like, Boy, look at all these opportunities that they missed. They had all these wide-open nets. Yeah, they yeah, had seven yeah. posts. Like, they'd they they'd get a shot, Cooley would smother it, yep. or or our defenseman would clear it. Yep. And yep. they got a lot, but they. I never felt like we were dominated in, in the game. No, no Cooley, no. Cooley didn't steal the games for us. Cool's played great. He was yep. awesome. But it wasn't like a wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and yeah, a, a pedestrian night, it could have been different, but he was, yes. he was great, but you're, you're right. Um, B chances and an A goalie. And it turns yeah, out to be two big wins. Um, yeah, exactly. And then you go up there, they win a couple. Uh, they win a couple to force a game five. And, and we met up, Charlie and I and Jamie met up a, in uh, Winnipeg after the one game and i was despondent for a while after and i'm like there's four. no way after game 4 there's oh, no yeah. way we can do this our our, so... it was like we're it's it, we're going it, to it's not going to happen all of this stuff and then the next morning after talking to a few people i'm like i think we're going to do this we're oh, going to get this done um the guys mood and the and the coaching staff's mood and all of this and uh it happened they got it done no, and they, uh, they did i'm to your For point, the first like, time like, since 2011, they got it done.
1: Yeah, and like what you said, like after that game four loss, I don't know that I've been so despondent after a loss like I was that one. Like we lost game three because we, we'd gone up two zero, 0 and that one hurt. But yeah. I was like, okay, well, Manitoba, they were – you know, we had them on the edge. And, and they're just,
0: due, and yeah, they're going to yes. play their best game, all of that stuff. Yeah.
1: And so that was that was like, okay, well, we're going to get them. But then that game four one, and that one we, we didn't play well. And we got, we got. It, they took it to us. Yep, yep. In that game, and to your point, like we sat after that game it was like, oh, how are we going to come home if we're if we're going to lose this? How are we going to come home? It's going to be so sad. And but we didn't. We yep. we rallied. The coaches, okay, hey, keep it on an even keel. Don't you can't get too high or too low. Yep. And they didn't. And we came out and we made some adjustments and played great. And uh, yeah, it was it was so obviously the best moment of the year for me, I would, I would imagine it's yeah,
0: yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. The best moment is when that Aaron pass found Tommy Novak stick with eight seconds to go in that third period. And yes, Novak cleared it and it hit a defenseman. So it's not icing. It's like, okay, that's finally, oh, there's no yeah, pressure yeah. now it's over. Yeah. They're not going to score with 38 days. They're not going to score with four tenths of a second to go to force overtime. And who knows what happens? It, yeah. it finally happened. It was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And the, um, get back and get ready for Chicago. First couple of games in Chicago were blowouts, but they weren't as bad as the score would indicate, especially that first game. Um, the team was so confident going into game three and Carl Taylor actually told me, I can almost guarantee we're going to win game three, but game four, we might have an issue. Yeah, uh, because that would push Chicago and they'd push back. And, and I mean, look at what Chicago is doing right now with Stockton. Uh, Stockton's an awfully good team.
1: Dr. And Ray was the best team in the league for the whole season until the final day, like from yeah. a standings perspective.
0: Yes, yes. And Chicago was the best team uh, right. as it turned out. Yeah. Um. So Chicago uh, is it flexed its muscles in game four of the Admiral series. Um, they were the better team. A Five one win. They deserved it. They were Fantastic. um and uh and that was the end of the season um so all in all uh I guess to to put a button on it and I don't know that we need to belabor any other stuff any other things here but from from the past year we because we highlighted a lot of players and um you know Rocco Grimaldi had a great season uh, yeah I did
1: want to highlight him right like here's a guy who came in down here uh, and we've had a lot of players not a lot but it happens where a guy comes down from the NHL Not especially not a rookie, a veteran.
0: Thinking he got a raw deal.
1: They get a raw deal and we're just going to pout and we'll go through the
0: motions. And wait for the trade. Demand a trade.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then if the trade doesn't come, then we're going to pout. Yep. Um, But he didn't. Rocco and everybody saw this. Rocco, maybe he's the best. He might be the best player in the American Hockey League. I was going to say,
0: he's, he's definitely top five in the American Hockey League. There's no yeah. doubt about that uh, with what he can do. No doubt like, about
1: that. Boy, did we see he's so dynamic offensively, especially at our level uh, with the quickness and the awareness and like talk about, you know, someone, hey, you got to shoot the puck to score and Rocco never hesitated. Yeah. Uh, sort of remind me a little bit of Victor Arvidsson sometime, both smaller guys both with good shots, both who just never, if they had, a, if they had an opportunity to shoot you shot. Yeah. Yep. And he could have, he got, he gets hurt whatever weekend that was against Chicago, middle of March, middle of March. He, it would have been
0: so easy for him. And by to, the way, he gets, he gets hurt blocking a shot. Well, like like, like trying to make flurry. a save like
1: a, make a save like a goalie
0: there's a flurry in the offensive zone for the wolves in overtime yeah and he makes this big block the Admirals end up winning in a shootout that in a shootout
1: game.
0: yeah uh, and graham
1: not scored the game winner if i if and
0: I but but a big part of it was rocco grimaldi blocking a shot yeah um, and i mean sacrificing for the team right i mean it yeah. stinks what happened that he was out for that long but my it goodness
1: it could have been so easy though for him to just be like up oh, because in the playoffs, people don't done, realize no. this. They don't get paid in the playoffs. Players no. don't get paid. They get a portion of the of the uh, of they the share the revenue. They share the revenue. Revenue. Yep. Yep. They yep. get per diem, but like if you think about the
0: contract, it, the contract is basically October first to the end of the regular season.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because you don't know who's going to make the playoffs, so a team can't just like like yep. withhold money. Yeah. And then, and then, and, and then apply it to, to whoever at the end, the guy, the playoff teams at the end. So the guys don't make they, So my point is Rocco Grimaldi, he was making an NHL salary and he was making a lot of money. He could have so easily just like shut it down and been like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. I can't, yeah. can't yeah. grip my stick. Uh, the agency's you
0: know, coming. Yeah,
1: exactly. Go get them guys. You know, I'm cheering for you. We're watching the games. Yeah. And he didn't that. And gosh, like, what a credit to him. And I, I don't want to say I was expecting him to do that, but if he had, if he had, like, I wouldn't have thought anything less. Yeah. Uh, and he came back and, uh, like it was, it was sort of the Jordan Tutu moment, you know, 16 years later where Tutu gets sent down and and Claude Noel tells me don't, don't put him on the game notes. I don't want anyone to know he's out there until he comes out for warmups. And we did. And it wasn't that secretive with Rocco, but there was certainly some cloak and dagger stuff like it
0: was it was yeah, will he or won't he? They, they right. knew he was they knew he was in town, right? But was no he pic- able to play?
1: Right. No pictures of Rocco on social media, yeah, or this or that. Uh, yep. and he came back and he did. And uh, so real credit to Rocco Grimaldi and, and and just just having the guts to do it. Yes, and what what an example for you know, he's living in a hotel and he's hanging out with the Luke evangelistas of the world and the young guys and what an will be in person. And, yeah. Yeah. What an example for those guys that he's setting, um, to, to the, like, look, this is a veteran guy, you know, played hundreds of games in the NHL has nothing left to prove in the AHL. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's out, he's grinding to get back to play. That's, that's what you have to do.
0: Yep. No doubt about that. Um, so the Admirals finished 39-28-9, and 39-28-5-4, uh, uh, and four. third place, win a playoff series for the first time. Uh, head coach Carl Taylor, fourth year as the head coach, three seasons uh, because of the, the missed COVID season. Um, he has had a top-two power play over the last three years, counting his time with Chicago last year. He ran the power play for the Wolves in that abridged season. Um, he has won a coach of the year. He has won – Uh, A playoff series. Now he's made the playoffs twice. He has a regular season championship um, as the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals. There are a lot of jobs open now. There are a handful of interim coaches in the NHL, and there are a lot of uh, jobs that are wide open, not not even with the interim tag. Um, I would love to think, and not that I want to get rid of Carl Taylor by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, he went up this year, he and Scott Ford, and they won two games in Nashville as, yeah. as the coaching staff in Nashville oh, when COVID maybe, maybe hit that. Carl,
1: yeah, maybe Carl doesn't want to go back up because he's undefeated in the he's NHL He's undefeated. Level, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, so it, it's. It, I guess this is my transition to what's coming for the Milwaukee Admirals because it, I think it starts there. Um, it, we always know every year that there are going to be players who move on. A, always. And, and this year is certainly no exception, um, but it, but it starts there and it's going, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and again, Carl's expertise on the power play um, in, in the, in the way he runs it, I, that's it's NHL caliber. And whether it's as a head coach or an assistant coach uh, his name certainly has to be attractive to anybody who's out there. Carl has certainly put in the time uh, oh, yeah. at, at, at every level. And uh, it'll be it'll be awfully interesting to to see what happens with Coach Taylor. Um, I don't have any knowledge, yeah. one way or another. I haven't spoken to him actually since the exit meetings day a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, but uh, it'll be, and I need to call him, I guess, just to say hi and how's your summer yeah. going, kind of thing, and have right. you decompressed and I, all of this, you know, niceties type of thing. Um, but that that's going to be interesting. Uh, with what happens there. Um, then you look on to, to the players and, um, right now I count 14 that are signed for next year, one to an American hockey league contract. That's the captain Cole Schneider, who's coming off quite possibly his best season as a pro, um, statistically it was, uh, and 13 players who are signed to Nashville deals, um, a handful of restricted free agents as well. Uh, the, the, the players who are signed and, and I think they were, they were all here in some capacity, but the forwards who are signed right now that have Milwaukee experience or, or were here at the end of the season, Jakim Kondalik, Yusso parsonen who was fantastic, by the way, wow. uh, yeah, Grand who, Miss,
1: got, who got put into a difficult situation. Cody glass gets called up at yeah. four o'clock. Yeah. On the first day, first our first home playoff game. Yep, yep. First game, the first playoff game against Manitoba. Playoff game. And he's got, he's, what a difficult situation to play your first pro, our first North American game. And boy, he adapted quickly. And uh, wow, just a, a real credit to him.
0: Yeah, uh, and what, what a good, I mean, exciting player, a punishing player. He's, he's the stereotypical Finnish player. Right. He's got, he's got some snarl in his game. He know, I mean, it just, he can skate the uh, it's
1: uh, he's, bi- he's bigger than a lot of the fins that we've had and yes. the Mika Salamakis and the auntie yes, Piltrums, yes. whose game there's, you know, sort of similar, I guess, like in, from a hard-nosed perspective, but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to uh, be a fan favorite like those other two were.
0: Grant, Grant Mismash uh, who had moments this year. Uh, Luke Evangelista, who led the OHL in scoring in goal scoring this past season um, and has his time with Chicago last year uh, because the OHL didn't play. So he was right. he played a handful of games in the American League last good, season.
1: Good flow on Evangelista too. Yeah, a great flow.
0: Uh, Igor Afanasiyev going into his second North American season and, uh, and Navrin Mutter, who uh, looks a lot like Tanner Janot. Yeah, uh, big. big, big guy. And he also, uh, he played with Stockton a little bit during COVID. Um, oh. So he has some pro experience. Um, then throw in Cole Schneider there. So those are your forwards who are currently signed. Now, the restricted free agents uh, that played in Milwaukee, Jimmy Huntington, You'd like to think he's going to be back in some oh. capacity. Tommy Novak the same, and Cole Smith the same. So you, yeah, f- so- you figure they would be back. They would. Uh, they would likely have to clear waivers to get to Milwaukee if they were in Nashville, right? And that's that's how it is. I, I'm not positive exactly. Uh, I think I think they all do though. Uh, at the beginning of the year, if since they're on their second contracts or whatever, I think they're at yeah. the waiver time.
1: Yeah, I, that's a good question. Certainly Novak because he's played the games. It's uh, Cole Smith. I, I'd be and Cole
0: confused. Smith was an overage guy. He's 26 years old now, yeah. so I think I think we're closing in on that with him. I'm but that also, none, nonetheless, uh, you would like to think. I believe that those all three of those guys would certainly factor in in some fashion or another. With Novak and Smith, you had guys who played in the NHL uh, this past year. And Huntington is a guy who certainly showed he can play in the NHL. Wow. Um, so you figure they'd be back. The the one unrestricted free agent among forwards that I think has a good chance of being back is Braden Burke, and wow. and it's on him. I guess it's up to him if he wants to. Um, obviously, or obviously Nashville, it's a two-way street. You, you, we can make all the offers we want, but if no players are no taking wants, it. Right. You know, it
1: that, that, that's what so, you, in any sport you always see. Well, why don't we sign this guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well maybe he doesn't want it.
1: Maybe He might not want to. Exactly. exactly.
0: But Braden Burke, uh, he's had big seasons in the American hockey league before he's under the veteran minimum. He hasn't played 200 pro games. Um, so he would be an attractive player. Scott nickel likes to get these guys who have played some games a couple, three years, but they don't hit veteran status yet. So you got young veterans on your team and Braden Burke would qualify there. Plus the offense he showed with the team. And we mentioned only one regular season goal, but he had 13 points in 15 games for the team. So he was right. a point a game yes. guy. He was
1: scoring, um, just not, not he the score. Getting the
0: primary assist on, on everything. Uh, so those are the forwards. Uh, and we mentioned mentioned the, the free agents. Uh, so th- I think for sure, not coming back would be Rocco Grimaldi uh Cole Sherwood I don't think would be coming back um switched to the defenseman Alex Biega many people may not know he left the team he quit after game 2 against Manitoba yeah. um I don't know the reasoning uh,
1: right. I never we never he has, why he
0: he he walked away he has a young family um I I don't know the circumstances but uh, but he left and and that was that and right. you know wish him the best he was great while he was here and then uh, he left at the exact wrong time, but, uh, it are could, could have been needed? handled. It could, could it have been handled better? Certainly, but I don't know his circumstances, so I'm not going to make a judgment. Right. Um, so the defensemen, uh, free agents, David Ference is a restricted free agent like to believe he'll be back. Jeremy okay. Davies is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, you'd like to think he would be back. I, I think he would factor into Nashville in some fashion. Sure. Uh, the, the guys who are under contract, uh, Mark Del Guizo, Matt Tennyson, Tennyson being the only veteran among this group here. Uh, yeah. Adam Wilsby, Luke Prokop, who's having a huge, huge season in the Western yeah. Hockey League and a great playoff for Edmonton. Right. Uh, 15 points W-H-O. in
1: 17 games yep. for, yeah, for, for the Oil Kings who are tearing it up.
0: And then uh, I think I mentioned Adam Wilsby and then Spencer Stasny uh, from, right. Mequon, from Mequon, who went to Notre Dame. And, and uh, so those are the guys under contract on defense. And your goalies under contract, uh, Yaroslav Askarov and uh, Tomas Vomachka, with Devin Cooley being the restricted free agent. My belief is your goaltenders next year are Cooley and Askarov, and you go from there. Right. Uh, and up on top, by the way, should mention as well uh, Matt Luff and Cody Glass are both restricted free agents. I could see Glass being in Nashville, Luff would be that back and forth guy. Possibly if Nashville would resign him, I don't see why Nashville wouldn't want to resign him. And again, there's a, for people who don't know, restricted free agents mean that the players really have little say if, if they want to play in North America and the team wants to keep them, that's pretty much going to happen. Yeah. Uh, So
1: what, what has to happen is Nashville has to qualify guys qualifying offer. yeah.
0: Qualifying offer. Yep. And then, and uh, then,
1: and if they do that, the player basically has to go there.
0: For the most um, part, yeah, yeah, for the most yeah, part, yeah. yeah they they I mean, go overseas I, or whatever, right? But, right.
1: They certainly could. Um, every once in a while, you
0: get well. Uh, you see the Montreal situation with, with Kokaniemi and, and Sebastian Ajo. Yep, exactly. A Montreal and, and Carolina, and and somebody makes an offer, and then you got to match that offer, or you can let them go. But and. It, the cost is, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about math, oh, here, we're talking probably eight, $900,000, uh, which means that if a, if a, a team was going to do it, it would cost them like a fourth round pick or something like that. To do that, Nashville likely doesn't match, but we're talking about relatively speaking league minimum low yeah. low salaries that it, it doesn't happen so much with the guys at that level we're, uh and it doesn't happen so much at all anyway except for no, carolina no. and montreal the last few years but yeah. and, and shea weber yes with shea philadelphia with several philadelphia, years ago Yep, uh, 10
1: how many years ago is that well,
0: many many years could ago be 10
1: probably not 10
0: Eight years ago, I, no, it was more than that because he was yeah. traded, he was traded six years ago. Is that right? Yeah, so I mean, it was sixteen, seventeen when PK Subban and the Predators were in the Stanley were in the Cup finals, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, I think I it was probably like 2008, 2009 when that Shea oh, Weber yeah. thing came down, went down, yeah. So with Philadelphia, um, it's not a popular thing, um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you've got probably. 17 18 spots lined up already right, for this right. upcoming season now there are moves that can be made and um know, yeah, I, I didn't include Matthew Olivier he's on a one year on a one-way deal next year That's Connor true. Ingram is on a one-way, a one-way deal way. next year and the belief is he'll be the backup to UC Saros in Nashville um so it would,
1: it would be shocking you mentioned Cody Glass I'd be I would be absolutely shocked if he's not playing
0: for nashville next yeah exactly right yep i think uh i think he has found his game again and found the feel that he was missing after his injury and um he was brilliant this year just brilliant so um so yeah you're 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 talking about two-thirds of your team is pretty much set already which seems like actually three-fourths of your team uh which actually seems like kind of a high number even though a lot of these names i mentioned may not have played but they're all they're under contract so i guess there is some turnover with guys who have been on the ice now what does this mean for matt donovan what does this mean for josh healy those guys were on ahl deals this season um i don't know i don't know uh it's up to nashville um do they do they want to make Do they want to pay players for veteran leadership at this level? We wait and see. Uh, There's a long way to go. free agency kicks off July 13th. If you're signing an AHL deal, it is later. If you're signing an AHL deal, you can do that whenever, basically. Um, So nothing, as as we're doing this now, nothing has happened. Um, So we wait and see. We wait and see. There are a lot of guys, by the way, um, that I was looking around that are unrestricted free agents from our league that are on nhl deals that would be ufas next year and yeah. there are a lot of big names yeah a lot of big names I mean, tj tynan martin firk uh calvin pickard uh, in chicago Potarolski, stefan nason Definitely. and josh levo um uh, yeah, yeah. brad malone from edmonton uh gage quinney is a guy that. I loved when he was in Chicago playing for the Vegas uh, system. Um, Kyle Rao, Joel Lesperance, uh Phoenix Copley, Sam Annis, Mackenzie McEcker, and Sheldon Drys is a guy that you love. Dan Renuff is a rugged defenseman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I love CJ Cease in, uh, in Manitoba, Manitoba. Manitoba. Luke yeah. Johnson in Manitoba. He's had some injury issues, but Luke Johnson's a rugged guy, and he, he's a legacy. His dad played for the Admirals. Um, Eric Comrie. Uh, a goalie uh there are a lot of big names out there uh jordan gross the defenseman of the year out in colorado eddie shoreline troy, troy grosnick and i was going i was getting there troy grosnick uh, is is a unrestricted free agent and there I, and, are and a and lot of names
1: might, people might not realize that troy colin blackwell together, by the way uh, colin, colin blackwell, blackwell. yeah
0: yeah uh troy but put people, together an Amazing season. This year. He did. He, I think he led the league in goals against that, right? like, yeah, like a two Oh two or something like that. Right. Right. He
1: got hurt at the beginning of the year and was up and down a bunch. Unfortunately, yep. I don't think he ever played for the Bruins. No, nope. but uh, you know, the, the Troy has got to lead. He's got to have the most call-ups. Uh, and with like the least amount of games played, uh, he's got to be up there. It's got to be up over there, the right? last,
0: over the last five, six years. He's got to be up there. Yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, and and some might call it unlucky like when he's had his shot in the nhl he's produced yeah even though his games are minimal but anyways it doesn't we don't This doesn't necessarily have to turn into a troy grossnick glove no
0: no no but i I just wanted to throw that out there now all of those players i mentioned um would be elite players in this league and they would command elite money in this league um so i don't i don't know how they fit in necessarily um so that's, again, those are just names that are out there. Some of them may get NHL deals. It's hard to, I have, I have a hard time believing after watching uh, 20 games of Stefan Nason and Josh Levo, that those guys couldn't have a job as a, as a and the, and fourth and line the, forward, at least a fourth line forward in the national hockey league out of 32 teams. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's, it, it, they're, they're great players. Uh, Look what Levo's done in the playoffs. My goodness. How how you keep that shot, how you keep that shot out of the NHL is just amazing to me. I agree. Uh, Stefan
1: Nason, how many goals did he score against us this year? 40? I mean, he had, I think he was out of like, his 50. Yeah. Right. He had 50 goals, but I think 40 of them were against us. That's what it felt like. He was just like, yeah. all yeah. the
0: time. And when
1: he wasn't scoring, he was just missing. Like he was just like, Oh wow. Like,
0: and I'll tell you what, every time I watched Potter I'm like, ah, he doesn't seem like he's doing anything. And then at the end of the night, he had a goal and three assists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, exactly.
0: Yeah. How so, did that happen? Um, so yeah, if, if Chicago is, is whipping Stockton right now, which, uh, is, is amazing. Um, in the, in the, uh, Western conference, uh, called cup playoffs. So that, uh, I guess that's a wrap really right, Charlie. I mean, we yeah. talked a little bit about what happened and, and how this really uh, it started off as a lemon season and it became lemonade. Right. Um, it did. Good. And on, okay. Good. Great analogy. Thank you. And, uh, and now we wait and see, I mean, the summertime is always full of indecision and, and has, has, it, you don't, you have no idea. You have no idea. It, we get the questions. What does the team look like next year? No clue. No right. clue. And, and again, it's not even fair to say it for the first 20 games. What does the team yes. look like? Well, because that's we it. we've seen over and over that the first 20 games is you're just picking and choosing and trying to find the right pieces and getting rid of bad eggs. If there are any and, and, and all of this. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the 20 games for in the American hockey league. That's what right. They're if,
1: at the beginning of the year, I don't know if we said this, but I'm sure we probably had something to the effect of, well, really important players for the admirals this year are going to be Michael McCarron and Matt Luff.
0: Yeah. Well, guess yeah. what?
1: They played probably 20 games combined for us or yeah. 25 because they were in the NHL and yeah. who would have expected Matthew Olivier, Rocco Grimaldi, Cody glass to be down here for much of the
0: season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every year though, there are those swaps. Yeah. so To speak. Yeah. For whatever reason. And uh, you know, We've usually benefited from those. But I mean, would it have been great to have Michael McCarron here, yeah. But we would have been given up probably Matthew Olivier or right. you know, however it's going to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, it, it forced you to find Graham. Not it forced you to find yes. players like that who got a second uh, Tommy, lease on life. Tommy A. Pap, right yes.
1: Way. Yep. D- Dylan Blue just even though he was signed the whole year, like
0: he's tough he to get was, in the lineup.
1: Just, yeah, exactly. But when he did he was solid. He was good.
0: Yep. Yep. No, it was, uh, all in all, a fun year. And, uh, I, I, it, it, after taking a year off and come back and, and have, have to, have to try to live up to what the coaches say, don't get too high. Don't get too low because it was easy to get low and it was easy to get, it was it, especially easy to get low. And I think it's easier to get low than it is to get high. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's my, uh, Norwegian negativism coming out, but uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's the case. I think it's easier to get low than it is to get high, and and it's harder to get out of the lows. But uh, we're all we're all uh, some of our experiences, and I think we all gained a lot of experience somehow this season.
1: Yeah, I uh, absolutely I agree with you, and I'm sort of glad. Like we carry the it's not the weight, right? We're not playing the games, but. We're the ones who know we haven't won a a playoff series since 2011.
0: Players have no idea. We're the ones
1: that know that we've lost 13 games in a row on the road in the playoffs. Yep. The players, they might know that, but, you know. They weren't here for any of them. They weren't here for that. Right. It didn't matter to Cody Glass. It didn't matter to uh, any of those guys, uh, you know, that had never been here before. They know it. And like Mitch McClain said, like, we got to change the playoff culture around here. And for sure. And they can do that, though, because they don't. It's not like Toronto, where boy is that and, and obviously it's a different situation. Yeah. Right. Like if the Packers had hadn't won the won a playoff game in, you know, seven in since 1967. Right. That's not not quite that, but you know, that's when they had that's the Stanley Cup drought. But a lot of pressure there. The players don't feel this pressure here like that, thankfully. Yes.
0: Thankfully. Yes. Yes. You, you mentioned a guy too, Mitch McLean. Uh, I'm going to put in a vote that I, I hope he comes back next season because yeah. uh, he's one of the, one of, in, in one season, he became one of the more enjoyable players to deal with in my 17 years doing this. So, yeah, for uh, sure. absolutely. and and I can say that for a lot of guys, so it's not just, uh, but, but I, I failed to mention Mitch earlier. I mean, there too, when we talk about guys who had career years, Mitch McLean was a guy who had 17 goals this year. And you talk right, about right. playing up and down in the lineup, every role dropping his gloves uh, putting up the moose antlers, whatever yeah. it was. I mean, Mitch McLean was a show out there, and it was. All, and you needed that show. It, it turned into a show, and it was great.
1: It's like we're entertainment. Yes, we're enter- at, the, at the bottom at the end of the day. We're entertainment, and he
0: entertains. Yes, yes, but he not in that.
1: a but not in a neglectful of his game type of way. That's just the right.
0: how he plays. Right, right. No, it was wonderful, wonderful to have him, uh, and I, and I hope. Um, yeah. I hope for, I hope for an exciting off season and I hope for, uh, for a great year next year when we drop the puck in October. Yeah. It'll be great,
1: Absolutely. And it's not that far away. We played the, we played the, Memorial. Isn't that crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're almost at the 4th of July here now as we're changing. <laughs> it's almost right. the 4th of July. We're going to have, we're going to have a roster a full roster here in a couple of weeks.
1: I know like we're, we're on the training camp's not that far away. Don't tell my wife that, but uh, <laughs>
0: that's right.
1: Uh, yeah. And yeah, we're not that far from it.
0: That's right. Anything you had to finish with? Are we, are nope. we done? Nope, I, I, That's I, it. I, I'm all done. We will, uh, we will still have some podcasts throughout the summer. Um, we will uh, be out and about. So make sure you check the Admiral's website. There's Summerfest, there's State Fair, there's other appearances going on. Um, so yeah, we will, we'll still be active. We hope you continue to be active and continue to follow along with uh, what the Admirals are doing on social media. Uh, or at the website milwaukeeadmirals.com but uh, there will still be fresh new content coming out so be on the lookout for that throughout the summer until we get to the season when obviously there will be fresh content all the time once the season Absolutely. begins. so um Absolutely. so that'll do it uh i want to thank everybody for listening uh and uh we uh, we look forward to talking to you in the very near future thanks for listening to this milwaukee admiral's podcast